ladies and gents, another episode of the Business Bros. This time it's live from the classroom. Say what's up, everybody. We're ready to rock and roll. Let's get this show on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real-life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you, and welcome to another episode of Business Bros! All right, ladies and gentlemen, when people look you up, they're going to Google you or search for you on social media. What will they find? Nowadays, if you're in business, you better have a website. Not having a website is like being invisible to your potential customers. Today's guest is here to share with us the ins and outs of web development and marketing. So if you're ready to grow your business or dominate your uh, dominate the internet, then this one's for you. Let's uh, let's talk websites and marketing with Jim Sabalico. <laughs> Jillian, let's get the party started, man. Welcome to the classroom. Thank you. I'm uh, really happy to be here. All right, man. Let's jump into this uh, web development. Uh, I want to say around 2008, we got our smartphones and the websites kind of took a shift. Uh, things kind of changed. We still kind of surf on a computer, but most of the surfing's done on our uh, on our cell phones. How did you get into the web development space? Uh, I actually got into web development um sort of as a byproduct of another business i was working at the time which needed more customers so at the time i was like hey we need more customers how can customers even find us we don't exist anywhere so we needed a website and at the time this was uh back in 2000 2000 and i was like oh, i don't know who to hire i was also pretty young i think i was 14 at the time so i just decided to build my own and uh, it sort of blossomed from there. I had a, a real enjoyment of it. It worked for the business. And um, it didn't actually become a thing that I did for other people until some years later. But uh, I sort of got bit by the bug at that point. All right. 14 years old is when you started. Did you say 14? 14, yeah. So just to get this, just to get this right, because uh, I got 17 year old kids in here, they're using go high level. So today's little class is going to be about uh, setting up their domains and creating their first landing page. You came from 2000 when you had to do a lot of, I don't even know, WordPress was around back then. You had to build your own website. Today, if you're giving advice to a 17 year old kid who's just starting their business and they're going to create their first landing page, what information should I even have on that thing? So I think a number one is don't start a business just for the sake of starting a business, start a business because you have a valid reason why, what that business is going to do for you, for the customer, for the customer's customer, starting a business for the sake of making money is a business that's nine times out of 10 going to fail. So I don't know where you're at in your process of like, let's pick our business niche. Let's pick our domain. Let's like figure out how to build a landing page. But one thing I want to stress that I've seen happen a lot is people who start a business for the sake of they want to have the freedom, the independence, they want to make money, but it might work for a little bit. It ultimately has a lot of sacrifices and it's really hard to sell people stuff that you have to push. 
But if you're able to really identify your purpose, your why, what's the reason behind the business you're starting? Is it going to benefit someone? Is it going to help improve their life? That helps you really figure out why you want to do it. It helps you stay committed to it. And it's also going to be really helpful in putting the words on the page that are going to help explain that story to somebody else. So, okay, come up with a, come up with their business idea, but what, what, I mean, you're in web design. So when you sit down with a client who says, Hey man, uh, I got a painting company or I got a taco catering company. Uh, can you help me out? What are some of those key features that somebody needs on a landing page? They need a reason. Like you could go anywhere. You could hire a painter. If the purpose is just to paint your house from blue to green, you could hire a bunch of different painters. But what separates you and your painting business from the others? What is the reason? What is the difference for why you started painting? Did you start painting because you knew the joy that it put on the customer's face when they walked out and they looked at their house and they realized the beautiful shade of green it is? Or do you just want to make money? And I think that the, the reason and the company values that you're able to put into the messaging of the website are going to really help to sell and separate you from your competition. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you decided to go into web development. Um, when did it actually become a thing? So at 14, you started playing with it. How did it become your actual business model? That was in 2012. Um, my wife's idea. I was helping out a couple of family friends and she's like, hey, why don't you actually make this a thing? Everyone keeps coming to you for advice. You're good at it. Why don't you do it professionally? So I did, because uh, at the time, and this is going to all connect back together, I was doing it for family friends, for uh, friends who had businesses, because I genuinely wanted to help them improve their business. So I started a company, my parents' basement at the time, and my very first customer was someone that I had been getting recipes from. Uh, it was when like keto first came out and paleo was like the, the thing that, that first broke on the scene. And my wife and I were like looking at this website for recipes and her website was awful. Really nice person. Like you could tell by their personality, really nice. Recipes were great. Digital presence and website did not match. So I actually reached out and said, hey, this is what I do. I help people do X, Y, and Z with their business online. And I just genuinely want to help. So I reached out to her and she was uh, you know, receptive of that fact. It was actually the first customer I ever had. Didn't charge a dime for her built her website completely over. Um, she at this point has written a couple books, led me to some of my current largest customers. Uh, and that again, started with having a passion for helping people with a thing, uh, doing the right thing by those people. And then, you know, the, the, the dots kind of connected looking backwards. I mean, that must have been a lot of work when you were early on developing websites. What's changed in this industry? Because I feel like it's so much easier. I could like go to Google, create a website. I grab my ClickFunnels, create a website. How has it changed today? And how do you stay relevant and valuable? I think that the difference there is, and you're going to start to notice the theme here, is caring a lot. Because you can go on Squarespace or Wix and you can go build someone a website. They could do it themselves, but they're missing the connection. And there's a lot of people who go and start web design or marketing agencies because they can go buy a template, throw together a, a cheap, quick website on Wix and then sell it to their customer for a bunch of money. And that's become like a thing where uh, web design gurus and coaches are going to teach people to go out 
create a quick ad, get your first customer, and then build an agency and make millions of dollars. But the customers are receptive to that and they understand that's not what they want. They want someone who actually has a genuine interest in helping them, right? So if you're gonna be in the digital marketing space, I'm not just gonna go out and build your website. You can go do it yourself. I'm gonna take a vested interest in, in building you something, a part of your business that's gonna actually succeed and help you get further ahead. So I think caring, authenticity, that stuff really shines through. And in this day and age that we're in right now where people understand they're being marketed to, right? When you go on Facebook, you go on Instagram, you go on TikTok, you're being sold to. You see product placements. You see how this awesome random TikTok that you just happen to scroll through where they're like, oh, look at this awesome product I got. That person's probably paid. You can tell when you're being marketed to. And people really do not like it and they're not receptive to it. There's going to be some cases where it's going to work. But when you were able to be genuine and authentic with your offer and your pitch, people are going to want it, not have to be sold to. That's what you really want to do. I love that. Like uh, today I had a, my, my Instagram reel was all about when's the last time you shook somebody's hand, right? I had a 17 year old kid that comes in to me, to me during uh, one of my classes here and I was going to give him a fist bump and he's like, no, 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 I shake hands. Right. And I was like, you know what? I haven't done that since prior to COVID prior to COVID. I was, I would shake people's hands all the time. It was kind of my thing. COVID came around. The pandemic was like one of those, uh, we don't touch each other six feet apart type situations. And it kind of faded. You don't use it. You start to lose it. And you're missing that human connection. When you reach out and shake somebody's hand, you look them in the eye, you remember their name. Like there is a huge connection there. However, when it comes to business, part of it is growing at the beginning and the next part is scaling. And part of scaling is that marketing. How do you maintain that authentic, you know, human to human, I want to help you when you're going one to many versus one to one? Two things. One, uh, which is like the underlying uh, principle there is patience, because a lot of people want to grow and they want to scale their business to a million dollars tomorrow. But in a lot of times, when you do that too quickly, you realize that you didn't have the systems in, in place first and it becomes a catastrophic mess. You wind up hating uh, your business. You're tied to it. It winds up causing problems in your family. Like it's just a mess. And there's a desire, right? We're in this Amazon Prime mentality where we want everything delivered today. We want it right now. And I understand that. But when you look at building a business, you're not trying to get rich tomorrow. You're trying to build a thing that's going to serve as an asset that's going to pay you back for the rest of your life. And the more time and intentionality you put into building that, the stronger and the better it's going to be to be able to pay you back for the next 30, 40 years. This is not what you're building right now is not something to just generate a couple thousand bucks to have some extra spending cash while you're in high school. If it is, again, that's cool, but you're not building a business. You're just building a, a quick payday. There has to be intentionality and patience behind that. The other part is systems and processes because a lot of people look at can i get some quick traffic from word of mouth okay cool can i buy some facebook ads sure it's going to work right now but it's not a system it's not a process it's not something that you can scale properly unless it's really well thought out and it's something that you can take and really build on and uh, i think again to sum that up it's patience uh, I know there's a couple different points of views when it comes to building a business. Some people want to build a, a solopreneur thing, right? Where in your case, you're like, I'm the one doing the work. I care about my clients. I want to make sure I get them from point A to point Z. No problem. And I'll help you solve all those problems in between. 
Then there's the other type of person, the other entrepreneur who comes in. He's like, I don't want to be stuck in the day-to-day minutia of building this type of company. I want to build a business that cash flows, that operates, that I put operators in place. Um, Do you have experience working with both? And what's your opinion on building one versus the other? Yeah, I mean, I was in both. And let me tell you something. When you are the solopreneur, it kind of sucks because you don't really have a business. You really just created a job for yourself. And there was a period in time a couple of years ago where I, I had that and great, right? You have full control over everything and everything goes through you and it's all hunky dory. So you realize that you're really sacrificing the, the rest of your life for this thing that like you're chasing this vision of success, which is money, cars, house, like all the things that we think are related to success, but they're ultimately not. Success is really about creating freedom in your life and the lives that are around you to have freedom of time, freedom of location, freedom of financial stress. That's the real definition of success. So building a solopreneur business is not that. It's really creating a job for yourself. What you want to do is you want to create a thing that's bigger than you, right? The purpose, the why of your business, that's going to help bring people in on your team who have that same shared vision, that same shared goal. They understand the why of the business and it aligns with their core values. So if you can create that, right, there's a purpose behind business bros. There's a reason why this was started. And there's a reason why people tune into it and enjoy it and continue to listen to it because it aligns with their values and where they're looking to go. If you do the same thing in your business, you create that vision. You create a set of core values in your business that your customers will align with. And then ultimately your employees and team members align with. It creates this ride or die team. People who are going to be with you, they're not watching the clock to leave at five o'clock. They are committed to the cause. And when you can build one of those things, it allows you to kind of create that team environment, that system that's going to be pouring in, not worried about, is it going to be profitable tomorrow? And a lot of people get stuck in that trap because you've got bills to pay, right? You have to pay your employees. You have to pay your mortgage. You got to pay your car. You got to pay your cell phone. It is what it is. But when you can look beyond that and have the patience in the bigger picture and cast that vision, a lot of people are going to be willing to accept less pay be okay with not getting paid every Thursday at two o'clock because they understand they're paying into a bigger system that's bigger than us. Creating that, I think, is is really a, a huge benefit. Let me ask you about financial freedom because I had a heart-to-heart with my students uh, last week on Friday and I, I asked them a simple question, which is, what do you want? Like, what is it that you want to achieve in life? Or what is it that you want to get out of our classroom? And one of the things they said was reaching financial freedom at a young age. And earlier you talked a little bit about, you know, be patient and, you know, it's something that you develop over time, but it's hard to get that into a 17 year old's head for them. They do want it tomorrow, right? What did, what is financial freedom look like uh, in your situation and how long did it take you to actually get to a point where you felt comfortable and, and financially independent? So that's a interesting question to answer. So I started my first business officially when I was eight years old, which is this hat over my shoulder here for Jimco. Uh, I was actually cutting grass around my neighborhood. I had like 15 or 18 different clients at any given time. I would do landscaping for and again I was eight so I wasn't doing any groundbreaking but cutting the grass raking their leaves shoveling their snow so as an eight-year-old when you've got a couple hundred bucks a week that is financial freedom what the heck is an eight-year-old going to spend a couple hundred bucks a week on I've had 
more than I can probably say in this session here, a variety of different income sources throughout my years. So I've always had financial freedom to be able to spend more than I could. The problem ultimately came up like probably three or four years ago when I realized the things I was spending money on were not bringing benefits back in my life, but they were things, right? Having a really big box to live in it's cool, but it's an expense. It's more house you have to maintain. It's more property you have to maintain. It's more things to break. Having a really nice expensive car. Cool. Again, more costs, more uh, expenses that aren't necessarily needed. So, you know, I think once you realize, and this is a really personal thing that you almost, you can't understand it until you really go through it. Like I can go on here and, and tell you guys, having financial freedom is cool. But once you understand the reasons behind it personally, my reasons are going to be different than yours. You really have to go through it yourselves. But, uh, you know, I think it's just something that you have to be open-minded to. You have to keep your eyes open for and pay attention to like when you get that cash, right? When you've got a couple extra zeros in your bank account, it's not going to give you anything you don't already have. It's going to make you more of the person you are. So if you're looking for money to solve a problem, it's not going to. It's going to give you bigger, more expensive problems. You need to find the reasons why and then solve those. And then money is going to allow you to really do more better things to help more people to really have a greater impact rather than just buy stuff. What about education? So, you know, we've been, I know growing up it was you go to high school and then you're supposed to go to college so you can get a degree and get a good job and have that, that stability. And today college is just so expensive to kind of just go there to figure it out. What was your education path and what's your opinion on uh, an education, especially college after high school? So I probably like most people in our general age range, uh, you just went to college because that's kind of the thing you did. Uh, I got a partial scholarship and then my parents paid the rest. So I went. Uh, at the time I had a uh, stereo shop. It was, you know, car alarms and wheels and tires and stuff like that. Full-time business that I was running. So I was, uh, I commuted to school, went there only to the classes I really needed to go to and like one more than I needed to not get kicked out for tardiness. Uh, and that was my experience for me personally. I didn't really get a lot from the college experience. Uh, and I would very much say, if you are not sure, don't go just to go, right? You're investing money in a thing that you have no idea if it's going to pay a benefit. Take some time, understand what really thrills you, what connects with you, what makes you feel alive, do more of that, then figure out is there a way that you can serve your community in that area? Do you need to go to school? Do you need to go to trade school? Do you need an internship? To me, and again, this is a personal opinion, I don't believe college should be a requirement. For my kids, if they want to go, cool, I'll support you. If you don't, I'll support you too. Like I want you to have something to fall back on, right? You can't just go out and be reckless. You have to have some sort of a plan. But at the same point, don't go just to go because it's what people do right? That's not going to really get you anywhere in life. Uh, you really need to figure out what's your personal reason and pursue that. What about, um, 
you've had multiple businesses. I mean, everything from cutting grass to car stereos. Um, and earlier you, you were talking about, you know, find what, what kind of makes you happy, kind of go from there. What's something that, that you're passionate about. So all the different businesses you've had, um, which one was the one that's really near and dear to your heart that you kind of, you know, has a special place, which one was the easiest to build and which one would you recommend, uh, for, for people to look into that was kind of an easy start? Um, so lots of questions to answer there. Number one, the one that's near nearest and dearest to my heart is Jay Lewis, which is my quote unquote main, uh, business where I spend most of my time. And that's the, uh, marketing agency. To me, the reason why is because it, it sort of allows me to have this foundation to go out and help other people in other businesses. And I get to go and I get to be a part of John Smith's business and help him grow his business, support his family, help his customers. And to me, I get a lot of satisfaction from that. So it's, it's really this win-win environment. But uh, that, didn't, that certainly wasn't the easiest one to start. The easiest one to start was something like cutting grass. Right? There's a very basic need. Uh, they are just looking for someone to hire. And if you happen to be in the right spot at the right time, you can get a client very easily. There's not a lot of uh, barrier or a lot of barrier to entry there. You don't have to really prove a lot. You're making the grass shorter than it was, not messing up, and then you're on your way. So um, those were the two questions, and I'm drawing a blank on where the rest of that question was. No, that's good. That's good. By the way, uh, they love your background over here. High-quality video. <laughs> All right. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, you as a marketing uh, with your marketing agency get to talk to a bunch of different entrepreneurs who have different uh, types of businesses. What's some of those common issues that you come across that you see entrepreneurs have over and over again? And you wish you just say like, no, man, wave a magic wand. This is how you fix it. Uh, what's some of those big problems you, you see? Um, Work-life balance is a thing because people think that that exists. And I'll get into that a little later. Um, not having systems in place to actually scale and make it a real business, not just a job for yourself. And uh, having a goal, like an actual understanding of where you're going and why. You know, I think those are probably the three biggest things I see for people that, that they really just need clarity on. All right. Having a, having a goal, obviously that one's uh, vitally important. If you have no goal, if you're leaving the harbor with no goal, you're never going to get anywhere. You're going to crash your ship. That one makes sense. Uh, I'm curious. Work-life balance always is one of those things that captures my attention. Uh, so many people who are like, uh, they want to have everything in their family. They want to have everything in their business. They think they need to sacrifice one for the other. And I'm of the mindset, why can't you have both? What do you mean by work-life balance? So what you're describing is called work-life harmony. And I think that the differentiator there is when you think of balancing things, <clears throat> right? Think of a scale with two sides. You're constantly shuffling from one side to the other to try and get them balanced. And you're always taking away from one side to add to the other to try and figure out how do I get this thing in balance? And what you don't want to do is you don't want to be taking away from your family life, your personal life, or your business, right? You want to be able to just live in a state of harmony where things are all benefiting, where um, there's an expression my grandfather used to use that says a rising tide lifts all boats and you'll see it over my shoulder here. To me, that's a very critical core value in that we look for ways to figure out how can I contribute to you and in a spot where you get a win and I get a win and everyone uh, sort of benefits from that. And to me, it's, it's figuring out 
how can you structure your day, your business, your family life, where you're present and you're intentional in every spot you are, right? So it's not at nighttime when your kids are home from school and you are helping them do their homework, you're not thinking about this project you have to do or this customer you have to do. You are 100% with them involved, intentional with your time. So it's, it's really trying to find that, that harmony where everything kind of works together. Last, uh, last couple questions here. Um, you, when you were eight years old, it was a cute factor. I'd imagine that an eight year old kid comes to your door, knocks on your door and says, Hey, can I cut your grass as part of your business venture? Um, when you're at 17, maybe it's not so cute anymore. And you actually have to sell yourself on, on the uh, products or services that you're offering. What advice would you give to young entrepreneurs who have that, um, uh, limiting belief that they can't go out and get a client uh, at a high ticket. So I think the thing there, and and I spoke to you a little bit before about why you don't just go out and start a marketing agency with no actual experience and, and oversell your customers is that you have to really be able to deliver on the thing that you sell. So if I go there and I knock on your door and I try and sell you my services to cut your grass and I do an awful job and I burn holes in your grass, I'm not coming back next week. The initial sale is one thing, but to be able to deliver on that sale and to be able to give that customer an experience that they are like, wow, that was great value. That was great service. I am more than happy to pay for this because I got more in return than I paid. And building a reputation for delivering quality, doing the right thing, and standing behind everything you say you're going to do is critically important. So not just getting the sale, but being exceptional at it once you get it. So that comes back to the goal, right? So I'd imagine uh, part of that advice is niche down, pick something that you can actually complete, something that is is not so abstract. And, and I feel like me personally, I always have this problem with setting goals that I'm trying to find that perfect big goal that I can achieve. Uh, and oftentimes it's something that should be a lot more, a lot smaller. I can actually do this small thing and I can do this small thing really, really well. And once I have my systems in place to achieve this particular goal at an exceptional rate, then maybe I can add ancillary products or services. Sound about right to you? Yes. Yeah. There's a, an expression one of my really good friends uses that says the best way to get to the top of Mount Olympus is to make sure that the next step you take is in that direction. You know, and I think that that, speaks to what you just said, you know, when you look at your goals, right, your goal might be to get to the top of Mount Olympus, it might be this big grand thing, but it's really hard to define. But instead, when you can look at this very next step that I'm going to take, how can I really make sure that I'm stepping in the right direction, this short term goal? How can I make sure I execute on this at a high level to make sure I am taking the next best step possible? So it's it's not just looking at this big overarching goal, but having smaller, shorter term goals that you can make sure you do very well. All right, Jim, uh, I want to thank you for, for coming on the program and sharing your, your story with us. I want to make and give you some, some final time to give us some last minute thoughts. Um, you're talking to obviously our audience on the podcast, but as well as, you know, 37, 17 year old high school students. And what any final thoughts that you can give to them as they approach their last year in high school and about to become adults? Oof. My last year in high school was fun. Um, <laughs> I think let that be your lesson is to have fun. Like you're not in a rush to grow up. 
And I know that you want to have these goals where you want to like go out and do something and accomplish something, but building a business isn't a goal unto itself. It's what the business can do for other people that it touches. And I think to that same degree, like don't rush growing older and going out there and, and doing things just for the sake of accomplishing that goal. Cause it really makes the goal meaningless. Instead of being an amazing business person or amazing, whatever it is that you want to be focus on being a really good human because like we don't need another version of Facebook, but we need more good humans. So if you only focus on doing one thing, right? When you leave that classroom today is think about how you can impact the people that you touch their lives, the people in the hallway, right? Make them feel loved, supported, seen and heard. And that's personal to me. So make that what you take out of that class and be a good human. I love that. I love that. I, I, I the, the best advice I always, I gave my daughter, cause she has like, she was one of those, like a little social anxiety. How do I talk to people? And one of the pieces of advice I gave her was, you know, when you walk down the hall, say hi to people and remember their name, one name at a time. Cause if you can walk down the hall and say hi and, and, and greet somebody by their name, and you do that consistently over time, people are going to be like, oh, who is this person? They're going to want to know who you are because you are taking the time to, to, to get to know them, to know who they are. Even if it's something as simple as a quick little fist bump, a shake of the hand, saying their name, it makes big difference in the world. Uh, Jim, dude, so humbled by you today. I, I totally expected a little bit different from somebody who's in the marketing space and you just came in and, and gave me like a, a human experience. So thank you for that. Uh, ladies and gents, what do you guys think? Give them a round of applause. All right, Jim, before we head out, man, uh, how can people get a hold of you if they want to work with you? Um, <clears throat> you go on my website right up on the screen there, jimsabellico.com. That's, uh, that's me personally, uh, anything there, or you'll find me Jim Sabellico. I'm literally the only Jim Sabellico on earth. So if you look up Jim Sabellico and you see this face, it's probably me. Um, but reach out and business or not, even if it's just someone to talk to you, then uh, just, that door is always open. Sweet, man. All right, ladies and gents, thank you very much for joining us on the program today. We'll catch you guys on the next one. Jim, appreciate you, man. Have a good one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast, but not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. We can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.